Blog Talk Radio. Join the conversation on the Ask Sharifa AMA. Ask Me Anything, where Sharifa Hardy and expert guests answer your questions. Press 1 to join the conversation, where we discuss your favorite topics from love, family, politics, career, business, intuition, spirituality, and more. To be a guest on the Ask Sharifa AMA or for advertising opportunities, visit our website at AskSharifa.com. And now your host, Sharifa Hardy. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Ask Sharifa AMA, Ask Me Anything, Ask My Guest Anything, and you are joining us on the Friday episode, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now because I don't know what's going to happen on our TGIF shows. All I know is that we're going to have a lot of fun today, and before I bring the guests into the studio, I'm going to ask you to do what I always ask you to do. And that is to post the show, tweet the show, text the show, go over to your neighbors and let them know Ask Sharifa AMA is live on the air because friends don't let friends miss out on the Ask Sharifa AMA. That's right. Tell a friend. If you're listening to this show on your computer and you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to give us a call at 563-999-3603. Again, that number is 563-999-3603. And if you're listening to the show on your phone and at any point in time you'd like to jump into the studio and join the conversation, please feel free to press 1. Okay, do we have an exciting show for you today? We're going to be discussing a whole bunch of things, but we're going to start with being an energy mover with our guest, Ms. Marnie ratner Whalen. Good morning, Marnie. How are you? Morning. I am fine. And yourself? I am wonderful. I'm excited. We're going to have some fun. I have a lot of questions for you already lined up. But but first of all, um, you you say in your bio that you're a healer, an educator, artist, a storyteller, a good life advocate, and a chiropractor to the soul, meaning that you (laughs) realign the blockages that disturb the natural flow of one's energy. Now, I must admit to you, Marnie, that I've never heard the term energy mover. I've heard the term energy healer. I've heard uh, even people who say, you know, I transfer energy. But an energy Mm -hmm. mover, can you tell me and our listening audience, what exactly is an energy mover? Well, that, first of all, um, wow, thank you for even picking up on that because nobody has and I don't know if people can make the delineation between the difference. And I'm still sorting that out myself. I'm still moving my energy. But to answer your question head on, even though I consider myself a healer, how I help heal you is I help you with that Band-Aid. I help you with the information. I help move those thoughts somewhere else, whether they're thoughts intellectually in your brain or you have some chakra just let's call it chakra just for a language right now, a blockage in your heart, something that's weighing heavy on your heart. We, I kind of help you shake it up. Sometimes it's hands-on. Sometimes it is through movement. Sometimes it is in conversation. Sometimes it is through art. Sometimes it's through crying. And usually it's all of them. And with that, some, not sometimes, every time we shift our energy. And when we move, 
and make that shift, then we can get to work. We got a window. In that window is when we can create a change. And hopefully that energy will stay away from the trouble spot. So that's what I mean by a mover. I help it shift, shake it up, break it up. And then your responsibility mm. is what you do with that information. Mm, I love it. So you're a shaker and a mover when it comes to the energy. You're moving and shaking yeah. it. Absolutely. As no, I love, I, love dancer, I love it. Yeah, I, it's not my job to heal you. It's my job to help you heal yourself. Mm. I'm not going to say. I love that. Well, I think it's really come more recently to me in my own pain, in my own trying to figure out where I want to spend the rest of my life in this body this time around. The only time that I'm going to remember, in my opinion, um, is I want to do it for myself, but I can't do it without the knowledge of other people to help and guide me. And so I ask my friends, my family, my clients, to open up their ears, open up their eyes, open up their nose, open up their mouth, and really take all of that stimulus in and then see where you're at, and then you are open for a little moving and shaking. Um, So I find it's really important to actually physicalize some of our happiness and some of our sadness and put it into different places in our body and allow our whole body to experience everything. I don't know what it's like for you, but when I'm sad, it seems to be very centralized, you know, around my heart and around my head. But I don't really recognize that it's happening in my toes, too, until I give it, until I pay it that kind of attention. And Mm. I I always feel that when I really talk with people and we're really interplaying, meaning they're not just listening, but they're participating that it is full body experiences that really bring us to the next place, even if it's just for five minutes. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Now you mentioned some of the reactions that people have when they are um, working with you. And I just wanted to ask, because I'm curious and it's Friday. um, Do people laugh hysterically when they're going through this process with you? Because as an intuitive reader, it always just strikes me as interesting when I'm reading for someone and I may be reading for them on a, on what I consider a serious subject. It may be their finances or a relationship. You know, we may be discussing this divorce or, or um, you know, pending change within their relationship, and all of a sudden they just start laughing hysterically. And initially, I'm a third, you know, a third-generation reader. I've been reading for a long time. And initially I thought it was like the craziest thing. Like, really, I thought it was really weird. But over time, I began to realize that people um, display their emotions in a lot of different ways, you know, but it's how mm-hmm. they are um, feeling it. And so they have to, to happen in some some way, come out in some way. Does that ever happen to you or am I alone on it? You are not alone. No way. <laughs> um, in my professional and, you know, just human experience is I – when I was listening to you talk, what I heard and what I could see was when people have, you know, let's quote Oprah here, but it probably didn't really come just from her. That aha moment is a mm-hmm. breath. And a, oh my God, there's oh my God moments. 
And that always brings a smile to your face. And if there's a lot of stuff inside and a lot of energy, I mean, when it gets broken up, it comes out as laughter, right? Even Mm -hmm. talking about anything like divorce um, and making, when you start, whatever it is that you are talking about with your client and your patients and your friends and your family and your um, listeners, and you are giving them information and something hits them, dare I say, when they're on a funny, energetic bone, whether it's funny or not, but it goes, oh, my God, that's what it was. That's what it was. And there is levity and brightness comes up. I definitely think it gets expelled as laughter. And they have, it's their way of interrupting you or stopping you and saying, I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. And so I find not only, I mean, because laughter is such a huge part of my life and part of my practice, um, and as a storyteller, people only hear the, nah, I was just going to say something that's not true. As a storyteller, I was going to say <laughs> people enjoy the comedy, but they hear the sadness. Mm. And so you need that balance or, I mean, come on, who'd come back and listen to another story if it's all sad? Um, right. But yeah, no, you're not, you're not alone. That means you're doing your job great. Oh, wonderful. I, I like that. So sometimes, yeah, I'm, I'm just there, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting with someone, and they're laughing hysterically, and I'm like, okay, what what, what did I say that was so funny? But I know it's the emotions coming out. I know it's the emotions being released, and I do believe that laughter is the best medicine. Laughter heals. And so after that laughter, that emotion comes through, then all of a sudden, you know, I know that work has been done. So I definitely think that's a, a beautiful thing. But I have two questions for you. So I'm going to ask uh, um, both questions at once. Number one, how did you learn or define um, your abilities? And then how did, how did you take what you were able to do and, and turn that into a business? Oh, okay. Great questions. Great questions. Um, prepare for some laughter. Um, oh, I probably need to set up the gym to fail. Um, darn, learned that at school. Um, I, like you, from what I'm hearing, I was born into this world, into this business, um, as an ancestral right. Um, my father fully believes he's an alien hybrid, and he will happily tell you. And he is very proud that he has literally um, cloud white hair and gigantic blue eyes. Um, so my earliest memory of my artist father is, is that he would consistently remind me that he is not of this world. Um, so there's a million jokes and imagine your child psyche going, how do I deal with that? <laughs> um, and my mom truly believes she's an original soul on earth and that she has lived on the planet from the beginning. Um, and that has really colored who she is, how she facilitates in this world, how she bumps into people. And she's a healer. And um, I mean, still an academic and still has a real life and a real job and is a, is a therapist um, and a Reiki master, but a shaman. Um, and this is the company she keeps. So all of her language is, um, seeped in culture uh, and ritual um, and to get to watch her go through her lifespan on this this time around 
um, and watch how it's assisted her and how it's hurt her. Um, being so giving of spirit. So honestly, in my childhood, I did not know that I was an empath. I just thought I was a goofball, um, and I didn't feel particularly accepted in my childhood. I'm the third of four highly creative, highly coveted siblings. Like, everyone's done good. Um, everyone's had a great go-around. Um, I felt lost. I felt like the black sheep. I did not know that was a sign of my empathic qualities. Um, and I also have now know what I did not know for the majority of my life is I emotionally see what's going to happen several months before it happens, but there's no space for me to interpret it. I don't have that vocabulary. I don't have that language. So it's usually pertaining to me. Um, so imagine growing up not understanding why you know you're going to be put into a different school very soon. Um, and also, I now think these are the biggest gifts I've ever had. So I'm littered with learning disabilities and things that were not even, I'm 49 years old, excuse me, I'm 49 years old now. Um, imagine in the 70s and early 80s where there were no, girls with ADD, or very few. Uh, there were no girls that could be diagnosed with dyslexia. It had to be an extreme case for to get a dyslexic diagnosis. Um, I had such strong compensation skills that uh, I went undiagnosed until my junior year of high school when my mom, the intuitive, finally said, my daughter speaks Greek. She's American. Um, what's going on? Um, so I didn't feel what I was capable of doing or what I was doing naturally were gifts. I thought of them as deficits. And it wasn't until college that I decided to go with theater because I did have the capacity to memorize other people's words. And I did have the capacity to emote the emotion at this high vibrational level to tell a story through a song or, or through you know, memorize lines. And so I found great success and great comfort um, and friends and acceptance in the world of theater um, and in the world of music. And yet something still was off because it didn't flow like I thought it should. I thought I was going to be lucky. I thought I was a star. I thought Bernadette Peters was just some woman. Wait till you see Marnie <laughs> kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and here I am, you know, 20 years later, post-college. Well, we're we, we going to talk a, let's, let's talk a little bit about the business. I'm going to let you finish. I didn't mean to cut you off. I did want to just address one point and, and share um, this you're not alone moment. I always yes. tell people that if, if they would have had ADHD and ADD when I was in high school, oh, I would have most likely, or not even high school, even elementary and middle school, I would have been diagnosed with, with ADHD. And people say, Sharifa, you're just making it up. And I'm like, no, seriously. Because when I was in school, I was all over the place. And yeah. what really helped me was because the teachers would always call my mother and my parents and tell them all the things that I was doing. And what I would do was I was blessed with the gift of gab, hence the radio show. And even this radio show mm -hmm. is my fourth radio show. And then I do a 9 p.m. show 
and that's the fifth radio show. So I've done five, you know, different radio shows in my life. So, I, you know, the gift of gab is paying off now. But what would happen when I was in school is I would finish all of my work and then I would go talk to people. I, I would go, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you know, and I would just talk to people and walk around the class. And one, you know, one teacher called my mom and told my mom what I was doing. And my, the teacher told her, she said, Sharifa's finished all her work. She's finished all her work correctly, but she's, you know, basically disrupting the class after she completes her work. And so my mother, in her great wisdom, said, well, then give her some more work. And I, <laughs> I didn't like that. I, I didn't like that at all. So what I would do is I would take longer on my assignments and sit there and stall so they didn't keep giving me work. But I was all over the place. But as an adult at 42, I'll be 42 in two weeks. So for all my listeners who are planning that surprise birthday party, I, I have no idea. I, I, I don't see it coming. Oh, they're there. But, yeah. So, but at 42, I know my weaknesses. I know what I need to do in order for me to be productive. Like even I'll give you an example, then I'll, I'll go back to you because this is all about you. But this Saturday, oh, I'm going to the doTERRA Customer Appreciation Day. And so I'm going uh-huh. to be helping with the check-in table. And so I had to tell them, like, okay, I'll be at the check-in table, but, you know, i got to make it a little entertaining because if it's not entertaining <laughs> to me, I can't just sit there in a chair. I mean, I don't know why, you know, but that's how I am. I start to wander around, yeah. talk to people. What are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. So I, I was just wanting to say I definitely can relate, and you are definitely not alone. So you learn more about oh. your abilities. And then you, you begin, how did you make this, what made you decide to make this into a business, though, going from an empath to a business owner? How did you make that transition? Not easily. <laughs> Not easily at all. Um, so you have to be your own business person to do theater because you have to market yourself. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to stay on top of the game. And these are things that I was just good at. Uh, I hated them. Mm-hmm. I hated mm-hmm. them. But um Yarn. I, I, it was a struggle. Um, I would lose the weight. I would change the hair. I would spend a lot of money on lessons, putting myself in front of right people. What I did find out, uh, and then I moved. I decided it was time to get married, have kids, and uh, 9-11 happened. I moved out of New York and came back to home, which was the suburbs of D.C., and I really had to start all over again. So switching it into a business, in my next job, I figured out that I did have something special. That as long as people were loving me and laughing at me and I could yuck it up with people, I really realized the common thread between everything that I'd done up to that point was as long as I was really good at it and you believed me, that little nurturing place, that hungry theatrical bone in my body was satiated. So teaching music and movement to kids, I realized I was really speaking to the parents on how to be a better parent, how to relax. And I started writing curriculum and uh, literally like what's going to be out there next? What's, what are parents going to buy? What do they want? So I was listening to the language. I was watching how they were relating to each other and how they were relating to their children. And I took notes. I mean, not necessarily hard written notes, but I took mental notes. I took pictures. I kept everything. Um, and when that job kind of uh, came to an end due to a, a very sad situation, not needed to go into, but um. It was, I had to let go because it, the business was going to go down, nothing to do with me. Um, 
I realized that my next job wanted to have those same qualities and so on and so on. So in the last year after uh, a breakup of my marriage, um, still my friend, but not my husband, I decided how can I make money? How can I open up the world to me? How can I have everything that I want? Using things, the principle, the law of attraction, using um, just who I am and really knowing who I am, I said, I need a place if you're going to put me at the front desk where I can giggle. I need a place where I can have hands-on interaction. So I woke up one day, and here we're transitioning to really what the business is today, literally jumped out of bed and said, I'm going to own and have a group called Wine and Cheese. And I called a friend in the neighborhood, and she's more popular than me. And I said, invite all your friends, and we're going to sit and talk. And I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to have wine so we get loose, and we're going to talk, and I'm going to move energy. And I didn't really know how to do that to a group. And that really is what happened first. Then second, talking to a friend, going, okay, I really actually need to make money. Teaching yoga is awesome. Uh, Teaching in a gym is awesome, but still spotty, how can I fill in my day? How can I get out to a bigger audience? And I realized I had been writing on Facebook every day called Lessons from the Whiteboard, which was literally two sentences of just karma talk, sorry, dharma talk, but some of it was gibberish, but it seemed to make sense to people. And I had a friend who coined the phrase, girl, you talk street and a street of the spirituality. And I'm like, that is such not a compliment, yet in the weird way it is. Um, <laughs> so literally the last year I've been putting it together of what a business model would be and how to create a place where I and anybody else who wants it can create the structure of using all of their best qualities and then fill in the gaps of things that need a little nurse, little support and a little nutrition. So my business is... It's wine and she is just one thing that I do and that it's about to really get launched and left off the ground. Um, but it's a way, what you're doing is, is not far from what it is that I do. How can you touch as many people at one time who will hear the information the way that they need to hear it? So I'd create as many opportunities to have interaction where people can extract what I'm saying or what the person I'm talking to is saying and they can use as applicable. Then we go further. And so people pay for that service, but more importantly, people pay and want to be a part of those communities. That's where I feel we are hungry. Um, I don't feel what I'm doing is intrinsically mine or even groundbreaking, but I do feel like we're at the beginning of a tidal wave of people stepping up and saying, I will open up my world to you. I will open up my house to you that is non-religious specifically, because it does have a church group kind of vibe to what I do, but we're not talking. We're talking in a universal language. Um, and I, this is where it's a business model where people really kind of bump gently into their own edges and don't feel bad for who they are, because that's my big message. We're all on this journey together. I don't know anything more than you know. I know nothing. I, I, I'm getting divorced, you know. <laughs> I still have 10 pounds on each hip that I don't want, but we're doing it together because we work better in numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love it. 
No, I love it. I think that's that's wonderful, and I, I find you very easily easy to relate to. I find you very relatable. So I know that um, your clients, the people you do sessions with as well, will find you uh, easy to relate to. And in listening to you, there's nothing that, you know, you're saying that would make me go, oh, my God, this lady is crazy, you know, because <laughs> the things that you're saying I can relate to. You mentioned your father who says, that he was, what is he? He was, he's half alien or, or he's an alien? He's an alien. I'm sorry. Okay, he's an alien. Yes, no, no. Okay, I'm even, even, no, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, make sure I'm saying it accurately, you know, but I, I don't, it doesn't surprise me, you know, because people who are in a certain world, I call it, you know, in, in our world, that's normal. While I'm listening to the show, and it's so funny because people are like, how can you do everything you do all simultaneously? So I'm listening to the show. You know, the chat room's going. I have people posting like, yeah, I'm an alien too. I'm ready to make that announcement, you know, but I got to work on my, um, you know, my courage to come out there. So you're giving people the courage to come out there, to come out and say, yes, I'm an alien. You know, that's a wonderful thing. I'm going to see if I can get my dad to call in. My dad always says, "Um, you can't tell me there aren't any aliens. I've seen them, you know. So this world it is something that there's nothing that you're saying is um, unusual or anything like that. So what I'm I'm going to see if I can get my dad to call in to, to tell you his experience about the aliens. But what I am going to do is I'm going to stop for a brief commercial break, and we are going to be right back. Okie dokie. Are you looking for an amazing business opportunity? Visit AskSharifa.com. Get the financial freedom you deserve. Partner with doTERRA and change lives as well as create your very own business. That's AskSharifa.com. Get products that sell and that people love using every day. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 or visit us online at AskSharifa.com. Are you ready for your financial freedom? When you need an expert plumber, you need jordansruder.com. Get free estimates, 24-hour service, special discounts for seniors and veterans. That's jordansruder.com. Have a home repair or some remodeling you need done? No problem. We can handle all that, too. Give us a call today at 800-300-0358. At Jordans Ruder, we take pride in our work and always make sure to get the job done right the first time. That's jordansruder.com. We want to be your or Mr. Fix-It. Do you have questions regarding your business, marketing, career, finances, or love? Then there's just one place to go, AskSharifa.com. Her workshops and readings get you the help and understanding you need. Sharifa Hardy has the power and insight to unlock all of your problems with amazing results that are unmatched by others. Visit AskSharifa.com today. With over 20 years of experience working with clients in the areas of business and spirituality, she understands your needs. Her compassion is second to none. Schedule your private reading right now. Stop worrying about what your future holds. Get the answers you need today. That's AskSharifa.com. Will you fall in love? Is your career the correct choice? Are your finances in order? Get all the answers now. Give us a call right now at 562-822-0965 or visit us on our website at AskSharifa.com. Sharifa.com. That's ask, S-H-A-R-I-F-A-H.com. 
Are you dealing with a health issue and looking for natural solutions, but honestly aren't sure where to start? I can help. My name is Sandy Chastine, and I'm a holistic health coach. I use a combination of lifestyle transformation tools, including nutrition coaching, the use of essential oils, and basic metaphysical energy healing techniques to help clients discover the connection between their emotional and physical health and take action to heal and get back into balance. I love collaborating with other holistic practitioners to support my clients and lead a variety of events and classes across Orange County, California. Not local? That's okay. I'm available via Zoom and just a click away. Find me at www.sandychastine.com or give me a call at 949-439-7759. I can help you get started, so give me a buzz and let's get you on the road to wellness. Are you looking for a unique way to advertise for free? Why not add your business name to the growing business directory at AskSharifa.com? It's absolutely free, and you can benefit from being part of the Ask Sharifa network. That's AskSharifa.com. Where else can you get free advertising for your business? Increase website traffic and generate more leads fast and easy. Don't wait. Space is limited to a first-come basis. Visit AskSharifa.com today and get listed now. If you are just now tuning in to the Ask Sharifa AMA, you have missed the first 30 minutes of the show, and we are having an amazing TGIF morning show this Friday with our guest, Marnie ratner Whalen, and we are discussing being an energy mover along with wine and cheese. If you are listening to the show on your computer and you'd love to join the conversation, feel free to give us a call at 563-999-3603. Again, that number is 563-999-3603. And if you're listening to this show on your phone and you have a question or a comment that you'd like to share with today's guest, please feel free to press 1. Marini, how are you feeling today? I am feeling really good. I am really stoked. This is I am fun. Too. I am too. So, But I did want to ask you, you, you mentioned one of the things that happened was laying in the bed, you had this idea, and you came up with the wine and cheese. You went to your friend who was more popular than you. You asked her to, to get, gather some friends, and let's make this happen. You do some energy moving. But what happened? This was your first experience. What happened at, at this wine and cheese? Did you move the energy? How did you move the energy? Yeah, I, need, I need some details. Oh, that, that, thank you for asking for specifics because I sometimes I just go and I don't know what came out of my mouth. My own energy is moving. <laughs> um, I know that feeling we really well. <laughs> we had 10 people and I gave myself, uh, because I've talked to large groups and I have been a teacher trainer for years. So I've, I've always been in one, one classroom or another. Um, I've always coached. So I gave myself very strict parameters that it was not all about me and that I was going to throw questions out that were very serious to this group of 10 people. We set a mantra, we set a mission, uh, we set intentions, and then I intuitively, because I was already a yoga instructor at that time, um, and as you said, I'm relatable, I am very happy with my natural ability to kind of set safe space and create safe space, and whether people can accept it as safe space, within a very short period of time 
they all feel safer. If not, you know, if, if there's a big, a big wall there. So in this particular living room on this particular night of 10 people, um, there were other yoginis there and there were other women from the neighborhood. And my favorite thing that happened was one of my dear friends walked, you know, rang the doorbell and walked through the door and boldly announced, Hey, do I have to get naked here? And uh, I'm like, Oh, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But, um, I didn't know how I was going to move energy in this format. This was going to be trial and error. Um, and I just asked some questions about what could they imagine for themselves if there was an area that just needed to go a little better for them in their mind. Um, and it was still kind of fresh off the, after the election, and I live in the suburbs of Maryland, so you can imagine what that kind of vibe was. And how can we nurture each other? And what is it that we want to do? And my very strict rule was is that could, this could not turn into a bitch session. It could not turn into a gossip session. You could not bring up your husband or thy neighbor. But we had to talk about <laughs> ourselves. And I attend people and I attend returns. That's really where it is. I knew I hit something. I knew it was needed. It, it was powerful. And I almost have tears in my eyes as I say it. I don't know who it was more powerful for, for me or for one of the women in the room who didn't expect, who didn't expect it, who said, I need this. I, I need this. I didn't know that I needed it. Um, and on the second time, uh, I had a more of a structure and I set the stage and kind of cleared the space and had a very specific question I was going to ask. I wasn't going to let it happen organically. Um, and that conversation was, in my mind, it was just fantastic. It was transformational um, for me. Again, my impression, because there were so many returns, and people wrote me afterwards and wrote my friend because she was there through all of it, um, that it really touched something in them, a lacking, a hole, dare I say. It was a hole. So I don't know if I was actively recognizing that I was moving their energy. I don't know if I did. I was using the word chi, meaning that we were going to talk about spirit. But when I started putting the wine and chi product and working on it and realized as, sorry, so as a theater person, I'm a trained singer and I've always taught voice lessons to supplement my income. And being I have my personal training certificate and I have my yoga certificate, when I combine those three uh, modalities together, what I started noticing is I was bringing people to tears almost every lesson. And I don't mean tears of anger and shame. I mean tears of release. And we're singing about, you know, like the good ship lollipop, like 11-year-olds. So when I realized that what's happening in my private practice, how can I bring it to my group circles? And suddenly people are talking about death of their kids for the first time. And other people are saying, I don't have permission to talk about my feelings. And somebody else chimes in with, of course you do. And I realize we're rewriting the laws of how we communicate with each other. And I'm like, wait, if this is happening because I'm assembling these people, it's like they're speaking in a different language. And the humanity in the room and the, the, the love, the openness in the room. And it had a completely different feel than anything that I'd ever been to. 
It was as if I was sitting with my, you know, my teaching, uh, my yoga sisters in my training class when we all finally knew each other. These are women, all we would do is, you know, have a glass of wine or drink a beer and go to the pool and talk about, you know, whose bathing suit was ugly. Are now opening up and just letting it out. And so it is on those later you know, wine and tea examples, you know, of uh, my trials, I realized not only do I have to set a safe space, I have to close the circle too. And that's where I realized there is a training to be done here. There is people need to know how to do it. That just doing it is good and it's awesome and it's needed and people, I mean, it's really needed but to understand how to open up those emotions and then put you back in a good, safe place better than I found you, that's a gift. And it's a gift I can teach. So that is what it is that I hope to give to the world, that in my individual coachings and in my individual interactions with people, whether it happens online or happens face-to-face, is what do you do with that soul when they have handed themselves to you? And with that, I think wow, awesome. I love it. Maybe it's the extra ter- the one fourth extraterrestrial in me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. So I, I don't know. There may be a percentage of alien in me. I, I don't know. Maybe they should have like an ancestry dot com for aliens. I mean, I think you know you do the little test. Maybe that's a new venture that I'll start. I got all these other ventures going on, so I'm going to put the ancestryforaliens.com. I'm going to go, don't nobody steal that from me. I'm going to go to GoDaddy and see if that's available, and then I'll have a new venture by the end of the day. But I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, one of the questions I wanted to ask, though, about the wine and cheese, um, anytime we incorporate anything that affects our um some people, let me just ask the question like this bluntly. Some people say when you introduce alcohol to spirituality, that's a negative, that you open door, even though it's wine, that you open doors that you may not be um, aware of or that, you know, because your mind is now altered, even uh, slightly, it has a different effect. What is your response to that in regards to your wine and cheese? Fantastic question. My product and the way that I deliver everything, unless if you're a private client, is coming from a social perspective. It is community building. So I'm meeting the community at where the community is, and this is what we love. This is how we social gather. It gives them a, dare I say, booster seat or uh, a permission to be at home with themselves. I am not doing great soul work in the group sessions. I'm giving them information to take away for them to go open their doors for themselves. It's not therapy. It is a a grandiose book club. It is a church group minus the religion. Um, I hear what you're saying, and I absolutely agree that in a private session we would not be doing that. (laughs) Um, And I, at the same time, having a shamanic mother – Sometimes that's where we get into the biggest groove with respect to being, I mean, we're talking alcohol, you know, a glass of wine or, you know, there might be one crazy in the group who has a glass and a half of wine. Uh, These are an hour to two hour sessions with shared by, you know, seven to 10 people. So um, we don't bring out the Ouija board and I don't feel like we tempt the fates. 
I feel like I have set part of my training to to uh, teach others is we hold the space for the highest benevolent good. We invite the ascended masters in, the souls, and these are things that I do I do privately. They don't even hear me say it, just so I can keep all of that you know woo woo out of it. And I my delivery system in wine and chi is secular. I I don't we don't so it's like so you know. Skinny jeans or mom jeans? I mean, that's really uh, <laughs> that's really n- not accurate. But we stick close to home, and then implanting thoughts and ideas to take away that they can investigate. Even sitting with, so going back, even sitting on those topics that are close to home, um, that are meaning they're not so weird. Like we don't talk about aliens. These people have still been opened up. That's how repressed I find. So many of us are. We want to share. So that little wine talking about, yeah, I mean, I I did bring up a death of a child. Yeah, it actually came up, but it came up through the conversation of, can I post it on Facebook three years after the fact? It wasn't like, oh, my God, my child died, which most of us knew this person. It was, can I post on Facebook? How do I handle my life? was something so innocuous as I want to celebrate the day he passed. You know, so heavy, but it was a genuine question. It wasn't a can of worms where a little bit of alcohol would have brought in a demon, dare I say. I know what you're saying, though. I know what you're saying, and it is, it crosses my mind. It's not necessarily one of the things that that I'm. Oh no, you asking the wrong person because you be you talking about a glass <laughs> and a half. I'll be over there like Marnie, bring me another one. Um, so you know, I just <laughs> I'm like okay because I was you know a, a little unsure when you just had the cheese, but when you add the wine to the cheese, I, I will be right there. You know what I mean? That sounds like what they call a good time. So I love it that people always ask that question. I mean. You just sent it home. You, you just proved my point. My job, Mar- there, there are great professors out there. There are great holistic healers. There are great shamans. There are great historians. My job is to walk you to the door. Open the door to language you didn't know, and I let you go through yourself, and you find your people. So glass of wine, if it gets you there, if it brings you into my living room, my job is done. Mm, yes. You need to hop on a plane and come to my next one. Yes, I do. Well, I'm going to have to come out there because I'm more, well, I'm interested in that as well, but I'm going to check out those, those voice lessons. I love to sing. And if you were here in California, oh, right do. here in the L. Hmm? So that we can do online. Oh, if we can do it online, let's make it happen. I love to sing. need to give me some voice lessons. You know, so I can go out and do my karaoke and make things happen. Not not that I'm going to be a professional singer, but I, I really love it. I really love to have fun. But there was one um, aspect of your um, bio that I definitely wanted to touch on, and we're running out of time. Um, so, and, I, and it's so funny because I read your bio, and I was like, oh, this is nice. This is interesting. This is kind of, you know, a little um, different perspective. But then I got to the to the part where you said you like to discuss the cyclical nature and history of spiritualism mm-hmm. as a commodity. 
I was like, that's mm-hmm. a thinker. There's definitely a yeah. thinker. What are your thoughts on that? What what is, what is the spirit, the cyclical nature in history of spiritualism as a commodity? Well, I, I think I have a lot to more. I think I have a lot more to learn on it, and I think it's what's kept me so close to to uh, my past. Is I mean, we can talk about the spiritual commodity of yoga and spend six hours on it, and probably you know, write 27 dissertations on how we've kind of knocked out um, the soul of yoga because it's a commodity now. It is, it's been repackaged to fit as many people as possible to find, again, just some key to a door, to a lock, to find yourself. So a spiritual commodity in my definition, and I'm still working on my definition, I know it to be true. And that's what happens is my energy hits first, the words follow later. But if something sticks for a long time, and for me it's been years, I'm then like, okay, i got to figure out the words to explain it. So bear with me. When we hit a time in nature and in our societies, throughout history, we kind of get to a boiling point and something dramatic happens. And I'm talking about in our own communities and in our own um you know, American culture, but it happens everywhere. Nobody's free of this. The rise and fall of societies, the good and the bad, how we go to war, how we get out of war. But that boiling point, when we're really faced with a drama or a trauma, our impending doom, how our brain and psyche interprets as annihilation, we grab, we stockpile. And whatever is the offering of the time, the spiritual offering, the answer, if you drink this potion, you will lose the weight. If you eat this pill, you will have enlightenment. We fill ourselves with those nutrients of hope. I find sometimes we cannot find hope on our own. And it's not just now, but it's always been. And so... It is a way for me and that I express with my peers that I like to consider this. I'd like to consider it and learn it more so I can be more um, acutely clear on my message. Which is, I don't want to get sidetracked. That we have a responsibility as true healers, as true movers, as people who ancestrally carry this knowledge, and I believe we all do, but some of us are aware of it, that we make sure our product is true and honest, and that we know who we are. And in my case, mine is a commercialized commodity, meaning a product called wine and chi, all under the guise of universal space, which will do a lot more holistic stuff, a hand. I am a helper, a light worker. It's not about the money. When it becomes about the money, now, we're all given the right to make money. I need to make money. I got kids going to college. I need to make money. I have a mortgage. But it's not, the money isn't the mover. The energy exchange is the mover. So spiritual, as a spiritual commodity, is that the snake oil comes out in times of dread and in times of fear. So I talk about keeping my commodity and the people that are close to me to be altruistic and to be um, authentic. And don't sell snake oil. Really believe in yourself. Believe what it is you have to share. And if you make money, great. But if you look around now, it's everywhere. 
Your Facebook feed, if you went to it right now, it's going to have ads about sign up for a class, how to make $6 million in two days, how to buy 27 properties and flip them, and you too can be in the 1%, you know, the 1% of realtors. It's everywhere. You're infiltrated with you're not doing it right. Would you agree to that? Yes, I was over here having church. I was like, amen, amen. And then I was looking on Facebook <laughs> trying to find that one that said I could have a billion dollars in two days because I'm the I'm the person who responds to these ads all the time. I'm like, I don't want to spend a lifetime trying to come up with all this money. I need it in 48 hours. I need it without getting out the bed, okay? <laughs> so I, I fall, you know, I fall for them. I have to tell you, that's what brought me here. Is because, I mean, that's what brought me here to think about it is because I fall for it too. I keep thinking the world is going to teach me how to do me. Mm-hmm. I'm my teacher. So when I well, go Marty, out the field. Go, hmm? mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm listening. I said, I'm, I'm now telling myself to go out into the field where people are really doing what it is that I want to know. And I just should mm-hmm. observe and watch and jump in. But I don't want to go through it through second hand. It hit me. I'm like, I I need to I need to give myself some space and some time to go see what that practitioner's doing. Watch it. Interpret it. Hands on. I don't need to read it by signing up for a one hour webinar. I mean, if something really interests you, sure, why not? I'm not trying to cut down somebody's business, but they're capitalizing, and it's no fault. I'm not I'm not sitting down with them at all. I mean, some of these people are people I love, and no, I'm saying go for it, great, as long as the real service is to serve. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Marnie, I was able to get my dad to call in, see if he'll um, share a story or two with us. Dad, Mr. Jordan, are you on the line with us this morning? Yes, I am. Hi, Mr. Thank Jordan. You, Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, um, I wish your guest... Her name, Marnie, again, please. Marnie, Marnie Ratner Whalen. Okay, Miss Whalen, if I may, Marnie. Good morning. Yes. I don't like to mess with Lauren's name. Thank you. It's, it's such a pleasure. I've been listening, and I really wasn't going to jump in until my beautiful, loving daughter asked me. And you know, being a parent, when your <laughs> child asks you to do something, it's like, oh, okay. But, I love it. Uh, I have a huge smile. I beg your pardon. My smile's huge. Okay, yeah, and it's like just listening to you. You know, I can relate to you and so many others, but it was like so much to to, to speak on in regards to what you were speaking on. But what she wants me to share is, I was about eight years old or something like that as a boy when I first seen the sphere. They call it UFO, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and. To this day, I'm 64 now. You may be 65. That never changed me. And all my studies have shown me that there are more worlds. We can study all the books, and, and we all know that there are worlds and other worlds, and science has proven it, and, and so many things. But the funny thing is, as I listened to you, it was like hearing myself and certain things. But then I understand that our voice is only a voice of those who have spoken before us. There's nothing new under the sun. People have always came out of it, you know. And that's the good thing about it. It's like my mom used to tell me, you have to, it has to get worse for it to get better, but it'll always get better. But you, you see these things in cycles, 20 years, what have you. 
But as we look at the universal message, and that's what you're connecting to, I believe, as we all do, there's only one message. How we bring it to the world is Mm -hmm. through our own vehicle. You spoke on many things. I shared with people mainly the martial arts, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other people like me and, and music and all the other arts. They're all one. But when you forget the foundation or the spiritual aspect of people want to call it or however you want to interpret it, I personally interpret it as the spiritual aspect. Because it ain't but one. And if you keep the proper aspect of that, you'll see the goal of one humanity. But if you bring it yeah. to the, you know, the physical, I, I, my goal is, like you said, money or to get a black belt or to have this Oscar. <laughs> you know, my grandma said we all are a star child, right? We're on God's stage, so we need how to act right. But it's all on our interpretations, how we even understand those terms and labels. So I get it. And I'm going to close and back out because I share people. And it is so appropriate and happy both to you. I haven't said it individually. Women's Day, Women's Month, Women's World, as far as I'm concerned, because our first teacher is the mother. All our yeah. books tell her out of our mother and father. But you know the mother comes first. <laughs> it's out of our mother and father. Why? We all know the story. I won't go there. So it's been such a pleasure, but I'm going to back up because it's coming, and it's beautiful. That's the thing. When more and more women are allowed to participate and govern this world, we'll see great changes. And it's happened. And there's nothing that can stop it. Why? Why do we call it Mother Earth? The universe. So I applaud you. What you're doing, how you bring your group together. And I leave you with this, like one great mind that I study because I study all the minds because when we come to the end it ain't but one divine mind. It's just like having a a, a a barbecue. You can you know you can barbecue with one coal. Could take you a long time to do hot dogs and hamburgers. But if you put enough coals together, enough energy together, oh you can have a good time. Have a great oh day God. ladies. And I thank you for the opportunity and I thank you especially daughter for inviting me and asking me into your show. Uh. Oh, it was beautiful. That was fun. I have tears in my eyes. I enjoyed listening to you. I know, absolutely. This is the wisdom that I, I grew up with. I refer back to Father and get his opinions, and we have our own little church going on. So that wanted to thank you for calling in and sharing your your experience as well as um, your your thoughts. So thank you for that this morning. You both and permission. Both Thank you for the permission to own our knowing. Oh, my God, that almost sounded goofy. But for the permission for us to be who we are and to be recognized, there aren't, I don't know a lot of guys, even loving guys, even, you know, guys who believe in, who are totally like, you know, go, girls, go, that call us women and call us the spirit mother. And recognize that we belong at the barbecue <laughs> and putting all of that together in just a minute. So that really genuinely brought tears to my eyes because it is so much a conversation that has been snipped delicately and accurately, excuse me, not accurately, delicately and systematically snipped out of history of the Earth Mother um. and the Wisdom Mother. 
No, I definitely love it. I definitely love it. I I love your response to um, the cyclical nature and history of spiritualism as a commodity. And I think that touched a little bit on the conversation that I was having on yesterday's show. We we were able to speak to the Ambiance Center in Colorado, and we had the founder, um, Flora, on the show, and we were discussing titles. And then so often people who are in this spiritual world or spiritual entrepreneurs, they struggle a lot with titles, you know, just yeah. because of their abilities or the modalities that they decide to use. They they don't necessarily want to be called a psychic. They don't necessarily want to label themselves as anything in particular. And some people don't even really um, want to give it a name, you know. So yeah. I, I definitely, definitely agree with you. I always try to help people classify it mainly because I think in my mind I operate like a search engine, you know. I, you know, I've been mm-hmm. a business consultant for the last 25 years. And so I've done a lot of search engine optimization, search engine marketing, and that's what search engines do. They want to, they have to be able to classify you because if they don't know yeah. where to, to put you or where to place you, then people who are searching for your services won't be able to find you. It just kind of puts you in this generic kind of home, you know, category. And I say home because most people, when they build their first website, they just leave the home page, it just says home page, but there are no keywords, no titles, no descriptions that tell the search engines how to classify them or how to categorize them. So I kind of do the same thing, I think, when I'm working with spiritual people, and I say, okay, well, hmm, how can we place this so that people who are looking for your services know exactly um, how to find you? Yeah. Well, I went with artists coach um, now I'm actually forgetting what I went with but artist and coach kind of um, gets all of it for me um, because I feel like what I'm doing is artistry and I feel like what I'm working with is coaching but I actually and I, I mean since I, co- I coach the body because I'm a trainer and a, and a yoga person and I have private clients but most of my most of my income really does come from voice lessons. But all of my students who study with me, we work on so much more. Um, so that's how coach is okay for me. But everything you just said, holy cow, like hit me with a, like a ton of bricks. How much I struggled. I did not want to go with intuitive because we all are. I did not right. want to go with psychic because we all are. And I do not want to be perceived the way that I had perceived my parents. I struggled with that. Um, but yeah, that homepage, you're just so that you just, sorry, my world just went, woo, straight to business. I'm like, what's on my homepage? <laughs> As it's being, all being revamped right now. Yes, you have to, people have to be able to find you, have to be able to categorize you. So we have learned so much for you, from you on today's episode of Ask Sharifa AMA. I definitely want to um, thank you for being a guest. And if anyone has missed any element or aspect of this show, please listen to it from the top of the show in the archives. So thank we you are, so much. Um, you are welcome. You are welcome. Thank you for being a, a guest for everyone who is listening and who has tuned in. We will be back 
on Monday, same time, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, to be a guest or for advertising opportunities, please visit our website at AskSharifa.com. Until Monday, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, everyone. Yes, you too.